Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 54, the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. I'm Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you Craig? Good. I'm um, really good. It's been a scorcher today. I know, the 10th of October. There we go, Monday the 10th of October. It's been a nice warm one in Sydney and we're actually recording late. We've been I guess preparing this all, For a evening. While. all evening, so it's nine o'clock at night as we start to record this. Nice breeze has come in, but yeah, that means how many days till inbound? 29 days to inbound, Craig. I can't believe we're under 30. Less than a month. Can't That's wait. That's right. We're looking forward to it. And so I thought we'd say um, what speakers read. We're carrying on from last week, and this one's about Kim Scott. She gave her normal things, what she's reading and how she's reading, but she had a really good comment. And I I just thought I'd read this quote out in full. It's really good. She basically says, the craft of editing is not sufficiently rewarded online. In fact, since editing is slow, it's punished. As a result, we all spend too much time reading through drafts rather than deeply considered writing. People don't take the time to think about or debate ideas before they publish them. They don't challenge their own thinking or ask others to do so. We're all encouraged to spout off and ship it. There's so much pressure on the velocity and quantity of content creation online. It would be better if more of us could slow down and think deeply about the valuable ideas we want to share. I think that's such a good quote, and I'm so looking forward to seeing her speak. You know what? That's unbelievable, that quote. If you actually sit back and think about it, it is so true. It's really insightful, isn't it? And it's the kind of thing you read and then you go, oh, yeah, obvious, but no, it's, no. Not, it's not actually normal behaviour. And I think it, the key is where she says it's punished, you know, thinking slow yes. and deeply. It's yep. punished because we're in this velocity, as she said. So I think that's really something to think about as marketing managers, as we've been discussing a couple of times on recent episodes, that whole idea trend towards less content. The yes. future of content marketing is less content, higher quality. And I think, you know, how people like to be thought leaders? Yes. Actually, they don't want to be thought leaders. They just want to be thought spewers. <laughs> that's know? a good point. They just pump it out, you know, yes. because maybe I'll have one good thought that's sort of insightful. And yeah. her approach is no, think deeply. And, and I really like it. So anyway, that's something to ponder. And I think we've got something later on the show from Seth. And I think Seth is a really good example of this. I'll read you what that is later on in the show. All right, we've got some good inbound tips, Craig. Yeah, so everyone's sharing their tips. I thought I'd share uh, some of mine. Although, actually, I realise now my first one uh, doesn't count because my first tip was going to be for the opening keynote, make sure you get there early because it's But you just realised the venue changed. I actually, yeah, I've been filling out my pre-registration and I've noticed, oh, the opening keynote's actually in the main hall, so that's no longer (laughs) needed. But, you know, last year it was like... Everyone was standing around. There was too That's many, right. not enough seats. Poor planning. They've got that whole logistics thing working this year. I, yes. I, I think it's going to be much better. Okay. The next one, which you shared with me when we were at Inbound, is to go to the food court for meals and not wait at the food trucks. Yeah. So those and this year it's going to be cold with those trucks. I wonder what they're planning there. They'll probably have those big heaters or something yeah. out there. But, yeah, it's going to be cold and those food trucks you queue up for food. I just think it's ridiculous. You pay yeah. a ton of money to fly there to an expensive conference and you spend half your time standing in queues to get like a free lunch. Yes. Just go to the food court, pay the ten bucks, and, and enjoy get a yourself. <laughs> That's my tip. <clears throat> Another good one is you know um, make sure you get in so you can get some good seats for the keynote sessions, and because there's so many people, and I guess I'm a bit I don't want to sit up the back, so 
I really enjoy sitting up the front and just having the full attention. Yeah. And I, I always try to sit towards the center because there's nothing worse than being on the, on the side. You need know, that, that crooked neck. Unless yeah. you go into like a breakout session, right? Oh yeah. And then the, the stage is on one side and you're stuck on the other side. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Which yeah. is sometimes inevitable, but that's okay. It's a small room. All right. And the really important thing is to join the hub shots, WhatsApp group. So you know where people are and you, you can meet them and be connected during conference. Yeah. So just head over to hubshots.com slash WhatsApp. Join our WhatsApp group. Just have to give us your mobile number so that we can add you to that group and we'll keep you updated during the conference. Even if you're not attending, join the group so you can get updates on what's happening and, yeah. And all the new announcements. That's right. Now, Craig, onto our HubSpot feature and tip of the week. Now, we've been, you say, forced to this new dashboard. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so two things this week. The first is just that, yeah, they're moving to their new look dashboard. Yes. I really like the old dashboard. I've hung on to it in my own portal for so long, but they're forcing Craig, it over. I'm afraid to tell you, but it's time to move on. <laughs> it's time, it is. Look, the new dashboard is nicer. I think I'm just, yeah, I've got to make the change. So, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's a feature of the week, but it's... it's no, and I did find a good feature of the week, which is targeting your subject lines for different yes. audiences. So now when I told you about that and I put, I basically stuck what was in what HubSpot had given, we went ahead and did a test and then we proceeded to have a conversation and a call with um, someone in support to find out how to report on this, which is really interesting because there seems to be no way to report on it. This is it. So we'll just explain what the feature is. So for, and in fact, I found the original ideas.hubspot.com request for this. It was 2013. People really? were requesting Three years emails. Ago. Yeah, what they wanted to do was basically have, you know how you can have smart content in an, in an yes. email, so based on a smart list or um, I think geography or something else. I can't remember the, all the options. Yes. But you can basically say if they're in part of this smart list, I'll show them this content. If another smart list, I'll show other content. Well, now you can do it with subject lines yes. because the subject line is so important. Right? Very so important. it's yeah. been a long time coming. Now it's here. It's excellent. And the the thing about this, my initial reaction, oh, that's just A-B testing subject lines. It's actually better mm. because it's not A-B. It's actually multiple, as many different, yes. many different smart lists that you want to filter by. You could have 10 different subject lines based on different smart lists yes. or some filtering that you wanted yeah. to use in the smart content. So I think it's really cool. I think this is an excellent feature. Except. <laughs> but... <laughs> So we sent the test. I was like, I wonder how you report on it because I want to see which subject yes. line had the better open rate. Yep. Can't do it. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, so that's why we did. We put in the, the call to, to HubSpot support. By the way, you said just go and get them to call me. And I was like, oh, no. And they called you back in five they, minutes. They were really good. Like yeah. I put the phone number in, being, oh, the phone's ring. Oh, gee, okay. And they and the guy was really knowledgeable, calling from Ireland too. Yeah, so it was the start of his day. But, um, yeah, they can't do it. And so we've put a new one on ideas.hubspot.com. I've got a link in the show notes. For the, can we at least get some reporting on it? What's yeah. the use in um, having different subject lines if you can't tell which one works the best? That's right. So the guy in support actually said to do it a different way, which create another smart list and see who hadn't opened it, which is okay, but not if you've got so many permutations and combinations. I don't think I'd be doing that. Yeah, it's kind of cumbersome. He's basically Very. saying, yeah, you'll have to kind of work out your own <clears throat> kind of numbers by 
creating smart lists of who opened it and who didn't it. Yeah, not going to do that. Right. So what we've done is we've actually created that idea, or you have. We've gone and voted it up. So I'd encourage any of our listeners to actually go there and do the same thing so we can actually get some proper reporting on this great feature that's yes. in the tool. Please vote it up. All right, Craig, on to our challenge of the week. All right, so this is a good one that you raised. Just, um, yeah. I, I guess about it's about time effectiveness, isn't it? Correct. And this is a few conversations I had with customers about doing some networking, like weekly networking events to, to gain more business because they weren't focusing actually sitting down and doing content, which will grow the asset that they have. And I really loved how you summed it up because like these people would spend, let's say, three to four hours because they'd be spending time preparing for it, attending it, meeting with people afterwards. So that's a good chunk of the week. That's half a day considering. And how do you use that effectively to create content for yourself or prepare social messaging, prepare the promotion of what you've actually done? And I think you you summed up really effectively. It was that are you doing the right thing? So are you being effective? And are you being efficient? So are you doing it the right way? I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's important. People often uh, focus on efficiency, but if you're being really efficient doing the wrong thing, yeah, it's wasting <laughs> time. But I think your point is really good. It's, you've got three to four hours, which is significant time. Yes. And is it effective to go to a networking event? Well, if it is, okay, great. But for many people, it's not. They just kind of think, oh, I should go to these networking events. Yeah. I might get some business. I might. They don't. So here's, yeah. a, here's a tip. So this is from a client of mine who struggled because he said, well, at least if I go to that event, I'm actually working on my marketing. And I just thought to myself, well, you could force yourself to go somewhere else if you really wanted to do this. You could go to a cafe or go and work in somebody else's office for half a day and just remove yourself from where you are and use that time to actually work. You know, go sit in the botanical gardens with your laptop and write a few things in the peaceful environment. Like, do that. So think about ways that you can actually get it done without getting disrupted, and you'll see a massive, because you're building your own asset, right? We talk about owned assets and leased assets. So, and I think this is really key. You've got to to really work on building this, because that's what's going to give you the results at the end of the day. All right, on to our stat of the week, Craig. Oh, another great stat you've pulled here. And this is from my friends at Google. 27% of Australians prefer to buy their Christmas presents online rather than in store, right? And what was really interesting in the research, 84% started online. So there's massive opportunity online about being at the right place at the right time, especially in this period where people are shopping. Another really interesting stat, which we haven't put down, but... It seems to be people seem to be leaving things later and later. So there you get people. There's different types of people, personas here, people that start really early and get it all done. There are people that are thinking, oh, yeah, I should get it done. There's probably a few weeks of Christmas. There's a whole bunch that in the week leading up to Christmas, there's a massive spike in people looking for gifts. And I think if you're a business and you you knew how people are behaving, you know, I'd be having everybody working on that last week. And I'd be saying, I can ship it to you straight away or, you know, you can come and collect it from here and you could probably make a stack of cash. That's such an excellent point. And again, it's one of those ones that's obviously in hindsight. So, oh, so when are you busiest? Oh, the week before Christmas. When do all your staff staff start slacking off and going off on pace? Oh, yeah, the week before Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) I, 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 I sense opportunity. So, yeah, have a look at that and think about it, especially if you're a marketing manager and you deal in retail, you know, hit us up. We can send you more stats. I've got a great slide deck from Google. Um, 
but it's fantastic. And I think you can really prepare yourself now to take advantage. I had a really interesting stat, and I'm not going to tell you who this is from, but somebody that sells a piece of equipment we use at summertime said that they actually do 80% of their sales in like the first six weeks of summer. Wow. So can you imagine, like he has all hands on deck just because in this period, that's when he's going to make all his, basically his yearly sales in this six to nine weeks. Wow. Nice. All right. Our opinion of the week, Craig. All right. So this is interesting. I found this on the inbound.org community and uh, it's an article about what percentage of revenue do companies spend on sales and marketing? And this is fascinating. I have this conversation with a lot of people. Right. Okay. So yeah. I've heard many different stats over the years. Yes. Um, so one that gets trotted out a lot is 3%. Three? Yeah, That's I've heard that trotted out a lot. Okay. And, it's, and it's always sounded low to me, right? And, <laughs> and just to be clear, we're not talking about headcount. So exclude payroll from this. This is just spend on marketing, on, activity. marketing activities and assets and, and all that kind of thing. Well, sales and marketing, actually. 3% is not. So what they're finding, actually, 10% seems to be the kind of the, the magic number that they spend on sales and marketing. That includes things like the tools that you use, all the collateral that you create, uh, the advertising spend and things like that. So I think that's a really useful stat for marketing managers to be aware of. We've got a link through to quite a detailed blog post and study about it where they actually look at technology companies, public technology companies, because they're public, they have annual reports, you can actually analyse all this kind of stuff. And then when you find, actually, when you do include headcount, the, the numbers are huge, like Microsoft, yeah. about, it's about 43% of their spend is sales and marketing, including wow. all, all the payroll. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, um, so I think that's, that's really useful for people to know, because often you think about technology companies, you think, ah. Oh, Oh, you know, we're spending all all our spend will just be in creating the product. No, yep. it's actually there's significant um, resources put yes. into promotion and sales and all of that of the product. I think this is really useful to look at and to see how some of the people are, yeah, public companies and successful companies are spending. Yeah, and I look, I think here if you're a marketing manager, right, look and see does your figures line up, or if you're underspending, it actually might be a great way to take these numbers and go to the head of your business and say, hey, if we spend a bit more budget on this, we can actually increase sales by X percent and get that extra budget to do that, to catapult yourself into a new place. I I think so. And it's all about benchmarks, right? This is why benchmarks are useful. Of course, there's exceptions and outliers and all that kind of thing. But look at the averages and compare yourself to them. Absolutely. Excellent. All right, Craig, our pro tip of the week. This is gold. Okay, so uh, I think I'm a super convert to Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, yes. I've been reading his book as I've mentioned. So are we getting front row seats at... Uh, oh, we better get there early. <laughs> we better get there early. Yeah. So um, his book, Ask Gary V, is excellent. And uh, I, I, he was just... Um, I'll read out his um, quote, actually. He basically says... This is not quote of the week. I've got another one from Gary at the end, quote of the week. Fantastic. But this one is... Digital should be seen as a gateway to human interaction, not as a replacement for it. I thought this was a really useful concept. He's talking about how not only internally within companies, but also marketing, they try to mm. get digital to, to replace, re- replace it yes. and get, get rid of any of that kind of interaction, video conference, all this kind of stuff. They're great. But he's actually, for, and, and let's just be clear, Gary is such a digital guy, right? He's all about social media. He's big on Twitter and that. But he himself is saying, Nothing beats that in-person meeting, especially with staff. 
and building those relationships, you know, close relationships with your customers and that in-person meeting. So he's always about making that extra effort to get there and not just letting, you know, an automated email replace that process. So I think that's a really good tip. I'm calling it a tip of the week yep. because I think he's his agency is growing so massively now and he's achieving so many amazing results. Here's a guy that's all about, you know, digital and yet that's what his focus is on. Yeah. You know, I think that's really important. And I think it, what you really see when you look at his Ask Gary V shows and stuff, like in, he's answering individuals' questions, like it's about the one, right? He's connecting with that one person, answering their question, which in turn helps other people because they're all listening. And I think that's great. He hasn't forgotten that one and really makes effective use. And I love how he does it wherever, whenever, and he always uses his time effectively to, to get the message across. All right, Craig, state of inbound item of the week. And this is to do with content distribution channels that businesses plan to add to their marketing efforts in the next 12 months. Now, what really stood out to me in uh, Australia and New Zealand was that there was a big push to do YouTube and Facebook video. It's all about video, isn't it? Yeah. Across all the uh, geographic regions, it's all about video. <clears throat> Correct. So it's basically YouTube, Facebook video, Instagram, which is not not too much video, but what was really interesting that I found in South Australia, Southeast Asia, sorry, and Latin America is that messaging apps. And we talked about this in previous episodes um, in another report that we went through is how messaging apps feature quite highly in those regions because of the way people communicate and the trust associated with it. And I think this is just highlighting that exact thing. So it's kind of no surprise, but it kind of sticks out in that graph when you have a look at it. Yeah. I'll make one other comment, which is I was surprised that YouTube was so far ahead of Facebook video. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. And I also think that's an opportunity because, okay, marketing managers are realizing, oh, video, yeah, we've got to do more video. And yet they're very skewed towards YouTube. Yes. Whereas I would have thought Facebook video is the real opportunity at Correct. the moment uh, to take maybe facebook's not right for business craig <laughs> that's right uh, we still have those discussions we do on a daily yeah, basis b2b's not on facebook yeah another another chance opportunity i love that when people say it's kind of like oh great i wish all your competitors were saying that as well because it's opportunity so yeah facebook video seems to be the okay they're pushing towards it but still not as much as i think they should be yeah absolutely i think there's a massive opportunity there and I think don't be afraid to try try out. Like we always say test and measure. And I think this is an opportunity to test and measure whatever platform that you can use to reach the people that you're after. And one thing I can say here is think about intent. I always tell people when we talk about say AdWords and Facebook, intent is very different. Like when they're on a search, they're looking for things specifically, but intent on a Facebook post, for example, could be very different. It could be let's share some information with them or a video that interests them, something that was interesting, because they're there for different reasons. And I think you've got to think about that intent and how you shape your message for that for that medium. All right, Craig, resource of the week. We're leading our team about that. That's okay. a good one. Yeah, I just, uh, we're linking off to a HubSpot post on the 15 types of people you meet at conferences. It's kind of a silly, silly post, but I'm definitely number two, the sponge. Yeah, and I think you said I was a number two, and I kind of went through all of them. I went, oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. 
And I think I'd like to gravitate towards number one, which is a networker. And you're a bit more, yeah, yeah, working on the networking. I think they're good, so you can check out those, see which one you are. I mean, number 15 was the partier. Yeah. The person that just goes <laughs> for the nonstop party. <laughs> what did you learn? Shall we go for you? Yeah, things? what did you learn at the conference? I don't know. Well, I just had a great time. Yeah, so I was there for the clam chowder. That's right. That's right. Okay, on to our app of the week, Craig. So this is a this app of the week is Google Maps. I use this a lot, and I thought I'd put it there. And one thing I, I did last year when I travelled to inbound and stuff was actually saving maps offline. So while you don't have any reception or you want to conserve your data, you can still use your map with your GPS. So if you just – I'll put a link to the, how you actually do that. But if you're travelling, it's fantastic. And you can even do it in your local area so you don't when you're getting lost. Right. So is this new or is this No, it's actually been around for a while. Because you know what? I only noticed this last week. It's funny you raised this as app of the week. I was going, Oh yeah, I just saw that last week. And I did it. But yeah. it, it only stores it for thirty days, right? The data. Yeah. And you've I got think, to refresh yes, it. But I was correct. like, is this new? Why haven't I seen no, it? No, so it was available. Okay. Um, and what you had to it was a bit of a convoluted way to actually save it. Oh right. Um, whereas now it's more easier to do it in the app. They've improved the UX or something. Correct, yeah. They've improved the way. I think there was a few codes you had to type in to actually save the location of the map Uh, previously because I remember doing it before we went to inbound last year. Right. Um, And recently in the last few weeks they've improved it. So I'd definitely recommend it. Nice. All right, on to our thought of the week. Now, this is where I was going to talk about Seth and it's about visualising the links. I'm going to read it. It's really short, really concise. Yeah, it's excellent. It really should help. Think about this and think about what you can do. It says, it's almost impossible to walk past a spewing faucet without stopping and trying to turn it off. We can't bear to see the waste. But our organizations leak all the time. The talented people who don't stick with the job because they're not respected, the potential customers who bounce from a clumsy website, or the assets that go unused or unnoticed as they waste away. The first step is seeing it and then refusing to go back to not seeing it. That's it. Yeah. Gee's good, isn't he? And this really ties in with what we were talking about at the start about actually being concise and thoughtful about your message. Yes. Thoughtful. You know, I think that's a great word. I, you know what I love people to say at my funeral? I go, he was really thoughtful. He considered things. Yes. I don't know if they'd say that yet, but that's, that's I can my say goal. That, Craig. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah. All right. And finally, Craig, on to our quote of the week. All right. So this is uh, number two from um, uh, Gary quote Vee. from Gary Vaynerchuk. So he, I was, oh, man, I love his book. It's so good. He's a thinker. He is. What I, what I can't get over is how he thinks so quickly. So yes. he comes up with these things. He just fires them off. Do you think he's learned that? I think that's just the way he is. He just yeah. he has a very strong he's very in touch with himself, very strong sense of what he thinks. Yes. Whereas many other people, I'd put myself in this bracket, have to think about, oh, I wonder what I think on that kind of yeah. thing. I think he's just very like that, mm. and I think that's his whole style. Um, but he says, look, many would argue that by trying to be good at many things, you'll never master anything. So you know that whole jack of all trades, master yes. of none thing, which I've always had a problem with. I actually, I think, and and he does as well. He says he disagrees. He says, look, if you work hard at trying to be good at many things, you'll get good at many things. And I think this is such a useful quote because for marketing managers, this whole dream of just being such a specialist and one, it's just not something that a marketing manager has that luxury for. You've got to be good at many things 
and you've actually therefore got to work hard at many things. So that's Gary V for you. A bit like a business owner, I think. It's a bit, a bit like an agency owner, perhaps. That's right. <laughs> I can draw many, many parallels. There. Yeah, so that's why, that's why I really like Gary V. So, yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, that's the end of our episode, Craig. If you've got any questions, comments, any feedback, WhatsApp is a great place to do it. So go to hubshots.com slash WhatsApp. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are also great places to meet us. And we would love you to join our group as we head towards Inbound. And we would love to meet you guys there and share uh, some clam chowder and beer. Clam chowder, there you go. How does that sound? What's that clam chowder group? All right, cool. All right, until next week, Craig. I hope you all have a great week. See you, Ian. See ya. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.